0: Who Gets to Decide, a liberty-based podcast that brings a little piece of sanity to a confused society drowning in a culture of craziness. And here is your host, Seth Martin. All right, what's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Who Gets to Decide. This is Seth Martin, your host. Thank you for joining me this evening. Glad you're here and happy you're listening. Well, if you've been following politics at all, you are hearing rumblings about Gavin Newsom. And this guy, I'm just going to say it right now, is a real piece of work. I mean, I can't even imagine this guy being the president of the United States. He has, you know, I know there's more people than, than the governor that run the government, but his performance in COVID was horrible. Um there are massive numbers of people leaving California. You basically have the very wealthy and then the very poor, you know, living in California, with some exceptions here and there. But uh, it's really um, it's really something to see. I mean, I've been to California. The people there are great. I mean, the time I spent time around that inland Empire area, which is near Riverside and places like that, Modesto, really, really great people. But man, has that been mismanaged as a state. And I thought since Gavin Newsom was going to open himself up to Jen Psaki, which is not really saying much because she's pretty much, you know, she's new to the game. I mean, she's been on the other side of all these questions, but she is a real softball thrower. She doesn't really land any hard questions. But I just wanted to, you know, play this interview a little bit and just kind of interpret for you what I'm hearing out of Gavin Newsom because it's it's not good. Uh, he's He kind of speaks in cliches and uh, these lofty, kind of flowery language. And says almost nothing ever. And um, anyway, I just thought it would be an interesting exercise to to listen to him a little bit, and you know, and kind of dig into what he's saying, and and really try to understand what it is he's saying. Because this guy is very, very slippery, and he might as well, in my opinion, just get up there and say, "Well, look, I'm going to do whatever's politi- politically expedient." in every single scenario, because that's who I am. (laughs) You know, he doesn't, I can't tell that he really believes in anything. It kind of reminds me of Donald Trump a little bit, and I know that's going to upset some of you, but, you know, Donald Trump really doesn't have any principles. You know, he's, he just, he believes he can make a better deal. And, you know, what we need is Fewer people like this in our government. We need people that are principled, that believe what they believe because it's rooted in some sort of principle or logic or reality or whatever it is is your standard. Um, I I think we need more of that, not less of it. And I think Gavin Newsom, no doubt, is an example of less of that, not more. So without further ado, let's bust in here and listen to Jensaki ask these softball questions, and I'll break in from time to time and comment on what I'm hearing from Gavin Newsom as I put my little bit of interpretation on it.
1: Why are you, the governor of California, (laughs) progressive on many issues, I think it's safe to say, the right person to do that?
0: I'm not. I have total
2: humility. I'm not the right person. I, I think all of us have a responsibility. All of us have to meet this moment. We all are citizens, and we are not inert. We have to be more active. We have agency. We can shape the future. And I happen to represent a state of 40 million Americans. Uh, but in the spirit of Dr. King, uh, lost his life 55 years ago to the day, you know, we're all bound together by a web of mutuality. We're all in this together. And and this notion that we are celebrating politicians that are promoting a national divorce, Mm -hmm. almost a civil war, uh, narrative sickens me in my soul. And so I felt compelled to get out and at least express my role and individual responsibility as a citizen, not
0: just as governor to call it out call out what I'm seeing. So you don't hear the whole question, but she wants to know why you, Gavin Newsom, are you running around the country? Because you're, you know, you're in California. Why aren't you in California? Why are you running around the country talking to people? And he says, well, I'm a citizen. <laughs> I mean, okay, you know, well, so am I. But I'm not running all over the country, you know, giving people opinions on everything from abortion to, you know, um I don't know, civil, you know, civil divorce or whatever he he called it, national divorce. And, you know, he invokes Dr. King and he just, he kind of gives that impression that he's just above the fray. He's, he's all about, you know, mutual admiration and mutual respect for other citizens. This is the guy who locked people down during COVID, sent the police out to the beach for people that were paddleboarding and had them fined or arrested or whatever. I mean, does this sound like somebody, you know, that's just, I don't know, just doing God's work or whatever? I mean, it makes it sound like that's what he's doing. And, you know, this idea that we're all in it together. Well, we're all into what? What is it, you know, you hear people say this all the time and I suppose there are things that we are in together, but you know, you're, you have to pay your own taxes. You have to pay your own bills. You have to decide whether or not you're going to buy this amount of insurance or that amount of insurance, or if you're going to buy an expensive car or a jalopy. I mean, everybody has to make their own decisions. We're not in everything together. We're Americans, and that's what we share, but then that begs the question, what is America? What's America all about? What is it that we're all in together on? And I would submit to you that whatever he thinks we're all in together on is not the same thing that I think we're all in together on. What I think we're all in together on is liberty, property, uh, the uh, uh, the pursuit of happiness, those are things that we can all agree to, that we can all share. But we don't all share views on abortion, and we don't all share views on unions, and we don't all share what, uh, what's being taught in the public school system. Um, and so, you know, no, I disagree. We're not all in it together, not in the way he thinks. Are not in the way he is trying to um, persuade us to think. And so this is very slippery language from Gavin Newsom. Uh, and of course, you know, Jen Psaki just lets it go. She doesn't really take him to task on anything. She just, oh, aren't you a sweet man for donating your expensive time to um, the ideas that we're all in it together and you don't want to force anybody to do anything, and you don't think anybody should pay taxes against their will, and no, none of that is true, okay? California has some of the highest taxes. They have some of the, uh, the most onerous regulations of any state in our union, and he presides over that, okay? So that is not about liberty, not about property, and not about the pursuit of happiness,
1: Brought your four kids with you on this trip. Yeah. And part of this is, you know, we're obviously seeing a concerted effort to prevent kids who are the same ages as your kids from learning about difficult parts of our history. Civil rights uh, being one of them. We're here in this Rosa Parks Museum. Why was it important to bring them with you on this trip?
2: Because I don't want them ever to sit in the back of the bus. I want them to to shape history just as Rosa Parks did. Ida B. Wells did in 1883. I mean, Rosa was an echo of Ida B. Wells' Mm -hmm. moral leadership. You don't have to be something to do something. I mean, of this museum, that's the spirit of these remarkable leaders. I think we're so fixated on waiting to be mayor or city council, governor or president to change and shape the world. And I want my kids to know they have moral authority. They have the ability to shape the future. And I think examples like this are enlivening and inspiring. Uh, and uh, you know, I, I just want them to understand, again, not just intellectually, I want them to feel the congruence of sorts, an emotional attachment, head and heart, action, passion. Um, and so being out here, you feel it in a different way. I mean, these are the same streets. I was just the Legacy Museum of Brian Stevenson. I mean, it, it should be a requirement. Mm-hmm. I'm not in, I know everyone's fear when a Democrat says anything should be required. Uh, it's not a mandate, but it would, you know, if I could, Uh, Every child, every law enforcement officer, uh, every social service uh, leader should be compelled to understand more fully what I was just privileged to experience, and that's the history uh, of our country, our nation, and to understand it in a deeper way so that we can push back against the narrative of those that want to rewrite history, that want to rewrite historical facts, that have the audacity not only to promote it, but to actually produce results in state after state that are rolling back these fundamental rights and banning books and banning speech, uh, criminalizing instruction. uh, That's a serious threat to our democracy and our understanding of who we are uh, and what we're capable of doing in the future.
0: Why is it so important for Democrats to shape history? Why can't they just honor history? I'm not talking about all parts of our history, but there's a legacy in the United States um, that, that was born out of liberty and individual rights, and they don't honor any of that. He, he's honoring Rosa Parks. He doesn't want his kids to sit in the back of the bus. But what, what was Rosa Parks standing up for? I mean, let's just, let's just spend a second there and talk about that. The South, with the Jim Crow laws, so these are government laws, right? These are are institutional racism. What we had in the South under Jim Crow laws, that was institutional racism. Institutional racism means that the governmental institutions were creating laws that favored one race over another. That's institutional racism not whatever these Democrats are running around calling institutional racism. So what was Rosa Parks actually doing? She was saying, no, these laws are unjust. Okay? Me riding in the back of the bus because of the color of my skin is wrong. Okay? So what Rosa Parks was, was fighting against or standing up against was law, was poor law, law that was unjust, law that was um, uh, a perversion. It was a perversion of the actual law of human beings. I mean, uh, human beings or or law based in um, natural rights doesn't exclude or doesn't favor one race over the other. OK, so, you know, standing up against unjust laws is, is something that Gavin Newsom was just celebrating there in this conversation. But I kind of get the sense that that's not who he really is. He's he's um, he's more about the state and compelling people. He even admits it. I don't even know what he was talking about, but he was talking about compelling uh, every person, every child, every police officer to have some learning or some understanding uh, that, that aligns with his understanding of some history. And then he goes on to talk about how there's people rewriting history. Well, I don't know. I see more of that happening on the radical left than i see it happening anywhere else as far as banning books you know if the if the schools are going to be publicly funded um and they're going to be run by local school boards through elections and whatnot i don't see any problem with these local school boards having control over what the students read or what's in their libraries A lot of this stuff that people are fighting about are things like um, transgenderism or lifestyles that these books promote, and the parents just simply don't want them in the schools. Now, when the kids get older, if they want to go to the library, the local library that's funded by the city or the state, you know, that's fine. Those books are in those libraries. But there's no reason for children to be exposed to, you know, these lifestyles that have nothing to do with raising a family, being a good citizen, all these things that Gavin Newsom was talking about. What they have to do with are are alternative lifestyles that are not, you know, in the realm of traditional value. And I think it's perfectly reasonable for parents to say, hey, we don't want that in the school libraries. Um, if you're going to have public schools, you're going to have to have some sort of agreement about what these curriculums are. And, um, and I would say uh, the, the liberal part of our society is, is winning that battle, hands down. But I also
2: don't get what's going on in this country. I don't get why everybody's not doing what we're doing. I don't understand it. Do people understand? It's not just about Mar-a-Lago. It's not just about what's happening in Washington, D.C., or what's happening in New York court with the district attorney. There's something deep and, and serious that's happening across this country. All the progress of the last half century is being rolled back in these states in real time. In just the last few years, I don't think people fully understand the rights regression individual liberties, on civil rights, on voting rights, on the gerrymandering that's happening out here, on just the assault on the African-American community, the assault on the gay, lesbian, bisexual and trans community. The number one issue of the day seems to be getting rid of the word Latinx in Arkansas and number two getting rid of drag shows. It's a serious moment in American history and yet we're so consumed respectfully by the spectacles in Washington that I as an American feel compelled as a governor to call that out and expose some of that in a more systemic way and forgive me for being intense about this but everything i have taken for granted in my life in the last half century in terms of rights expansion i didn't even bring up abortion and contraception all of that all of that is in peril at this moment and my kids they need if i care about my kids i sure as hell better care about what's going on in alabama what's going on in Mississippi and Arkansas and you know what I'm coming back a much better governor because I spent a long weekend with my kids here
0: man listening to this guy literally makes my stomach queasy i mean the feigned outrage is is really something the the defender of rights you know the this 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 protective armor that they put on where they claim to be the protector of rights of civil rights and stuff it's it's just sickening i mean i know it sounds good but it's it's like somebody come here give me a hug and while you're hugging them they're stabbing you in the back I mean, that's what this is like that's what this conversation is like he, he's like i don't understand why people aren't doing what we're doing Presumably, he's talking about what California is doing. Why, why aren't people doing what California is doing? Because it destroys people's lives. It destroys their families. It destroys their individual lives. It destroys their businesses. I mean, just, how is it not obvious why people aren't doing what California is doing? And all the progress, he says, all the progress we've made in the last 50 years is being rolled back. And then he and then he he talks about what some of that progress is. He calls it rights regression. He says individual liberties, which I agree. I agree that's the only one I agree with. That has been rights regression and individual liberty. But then he then he goes on to talk about voting rights, civil rights, assault on black Americans, the assault on gay and lesbians. This has been rolled back. This is rights regression. That's absurd. I mean, it wasn't even, what was it, 2010 uh, when, well, let's see, 2008 when Barack Obama was running for president and was asked by, I forgot who that famous guy and that preacher that wrote that famous book that everybody was reading he asked him, "What what what is marriage? And Barack Obama said, a marriage is between a man and a woman. That was in 2008. So it, we're not talking about a half century here. We're talking about 10, 12, 13 years that this change has happened. We went from a marriage is between a man and a woman in 2008 to drag queen story hour at your local library. <laughs> I mean... What, what rights regression is he talking about? And this is what I'm talking about with Democrats. They just they speak in these lofty kind of, um, I don't know, kind of flowery language, but it's not grounded in any kind of reality. It's just feigned outrage, and, and then they put a bow on it and sprinkle some powdered sugar on it and make it sound like it's a it's it's what people want. But clearly why there's the reason there's a pushback is people don't want this, right? People are leaving your state, Mr. Governor, because people don't want what you're selling. And then of course he ends with abortion and contraception and all of that's in peril, he says, all of it. All of it's in peril. Well, look. I mean, whether you are for abortion or against it, the fact is there's nothing in the Constitution about it. It, it takes life, whether you agree with that or not. And so the federal government should not be codifying law that directly takes life. Okay, that's my opinion. Now, if the states want to get together and do it, then the states should be able to do it. But one of the first principles that government really has the responsibility for its citizens is to protect life. And, you know, the, that's why the death penalty is such a controversial thing, is because many of us don't believe the state should be in the business of taking life. And you can argue about it, viability and all this kind of stuff, it doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, we know we, we all know what happens when a, a, when a, a man and a woman uh, have, you know make a baby. You know, nine months later there's a baby. It doesn't matter if you want to talk about viability at six weeks or viability at 12 weeks or viability at 15 weeks or whatever. Th- those are just arbitrary lines. We know what happens after nine months. And so any intervention that ends in the death of a future baby, is the state taking life. And to me, you don't want the state in the business of taking life. That is a very, very dangerous place to be as an individual citizen of a nation.
1: I do want to ask you about all of that because I agree with you and there's things happening in states that people just aren't aware of in terms of uh, cracking down on people's rights. We are sitting here in a historic, sadly, a historic moment in our country where the former president of the United States is being arraigned, uh, has been indicted for the first time. There are millions of Americans who have been waiting for there to be some accountability here for the former president. Do you, are you one of them who's been waiting for that?
2: Yeah, I haven't read the indictment, so sure, I'm for accountability wherever it lay. I'm for responsibility, regardless of status and title. Of course, accountability in that respect. I'm also saddened by it. I mean, I refer to it as a spectacle. It's a spectacle.
0: Can you imagine what
2: the rest of the world is thinking? It's just sad. It's sad. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not even making this up. Before I come here to the Rosa Parks Museum in Alabama, before I come here to visit with Bryan Stevenson's Legacy Museum, talking about lynching and slavery, which, by the way, occurred in my state in the state of California, Um, in the persistence uh, and the assaults against the African-American community at this moment. I was having to explain to my 11-year-old what a porn star was, okay? Mm -hmm. On TV, that's a little depressing and distressing. Well, I'm trying to get him to focus on the world he's living in, which to me is so much more profound than what's being pronounced on the national news right now. Not Not that that's not consequential. Mm-hmm. profoundly so in the context of our body politic in the future um, but I'm just trying to find some balance between that and what's happening all across this country the racial injustice that occurs every single day where there's no accountability where people are rolling back people's rights we're demeaning Poor people, demeaning people because they love differently, demeaning and bullying folks with intellectual disabilities like that guy Ron DeSantis attacking and threatening the Special Olympics, going after free speech, banning books. I mean, that's a serious thing as well. And I guess I'm just trying to find a little bit of
0: balance. So they, they basically agree that there are things happening in these states that people just aren't aware of. What are these things? with are rolling back voting rights. That's, that's false. That's just not even true. Look, what this is all about, this whole voting rights thing, what happened is the Democrats changed the rules in a bunch of battleground states through the courts, which is unconstitutional, by the way. And what's happened is is in the aftermath of the 2020 election and all the stink about whatever fraud maybe took taken place with absentee balloting and drop boxes and all this kind of stuff, which they made legal through the courts. The legislatures never got to vote on any of that or anything. So these guys that are for democracy are changing voting rights laws through the courts. The Constitution clearly says that the state legislatures... Are responsible for voting laws in this in the various states. So they violated the Constitution, expanded voting, if you want to call it voting rights, they basically expanded all these different ways to cheat by dropping drop boxes everywhere and allowing people to drop you know dozens of ballots off at one time. Some people made multiple trips to multiple drop boxes and the states are putting you know getting rid of that okay because there was a lot of fraud and these democrats are running around talking about how they're rolling back voting rights. That's just not happening. The, the the state legislatures get to decide how voting takes place in the various states. Period. Okay? Now, if you don't like it, go lobby your state legislature and 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 have them change it. But what the democrats did is they Uh, in the name of COVID and, oh, you know, so many people are locked down, we got to make it easier to vote and all this kind of stuff. They changed the laws to the court unconstitutionally. Okay. All people are doing is rolling that back. That is not something to be, you know, uh, all hyperventilating about, but yet Democrats are running around doing that. And then he goes on, you know, she talks about, you know, the former president being indicted and Impeached twice, and you know, blah blah blah. You know, just their stuff. And there's old Gavin Newsom. He's so saddened by this. He just, he he just he's saddened for our country. Can you imagine what other countries and the rest of the world must think? What they may be thinking? Well, yeah. I mean, can you imagine what they think about us promoting? You know, drag queen story hour at the local library, or I saw a drag queen the other day with a, a goose on its back, and he, she, them, they, whatever it was, was humping the goose. I mean, can you imagine what people must be thinking about that? And these dumbasses are out celebrating all that. Like that's some like that's some mark of a civil society. To have drag queens humping a goose on a stage with a bunch of kids watching. And somehow uh, Gavin Newsom is embarrassed to uh, explain to his daughter what a porn star is. Look, I I guarantee you Gavin Newsom is not taking his kids to Drag Queen Story Hour. Okay, This is a, a depravity that the politicians are pushing on the population. That's what it is. They're not subjecting their own families to that. Are you kidding me? That's not what they want their kids to see. But they're okay with your kids seeing it. So this this feigned outrage that they have is just it, it just makes me it makes my stomach turn that some that that a, a piece of shit like Gavin Newsom could actually be running for president of the United States. As much as people think Donald Trump is a piece of shit, Multiply that by a thousand with Gavin Newsom. His instincts are all wrong about governing. All wrong. 180 degrees wrong. At least Trump had instincts of freedom and free will. You know, I mean, he wasn't a great president or anything like that. But these people are absolutely horrible. I mean, they're just horrible. And then it keeps going back to, you know, the assault against the black community, lynching and slavery. I mean, where is lynching and slavery happening in America today? Why are these people talking about it like it's happening down the street? Like somebody's knocking on my door right now. Seth, you need to come out, man. We're going to we're going to lynch the local black guy. (laughs) No, this is not happening. This is just bullshit. You know, it's just straight up bullshit. So look, racial injustice, I'm sure there are racial injustices. I'm sure there are. Because people are people. And people like or dislike people for all kinds of reasons. But there's not institutional racism going on against blacks or Hispanics. In America, now there's some institutional racism going on against Asians and whites, but it's not happening against blacks and Hispanics. I don't know. Like Gavin Newsom, I guess I'm just trying to find a little balance. And what I want that's way out of balance is I want less tyranny and more liberty. And every time I turn around, these guys are trying to sell more tyranny and make it sound like Liberty. And it's just not the same. It's, it's not Liberty.
1: Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis, that have been hugely problematic, offensive, dangerous. I mean, one of them was going after the Manhattan district attorney, uh, echoing the language of uh, former President Donald Trump uh, with that threatening language, suggesting Democrats are weaponizing the judicial system. But you also are a very astute political guy. Do you think that is smart politics in the Republican primary? No, I thought
2: he looked weak. He just looked weak. All of Ron DeSantis' triumphs are about demeaning and bullying vulnerable communities. The one thing connects them all in common, weakness masquerading as strength.
1: What is his political path here? Should he be running away from criticizing Trump? Should he be speaking up for the rule of law? He's gonna
2: get rolled by Trump. Trump's just gonna roll him, thumped. I honestly, if I were offering him political advice, I'd I'd tell him to pack up and, and wait a few years. And actually do some of the hard work, which actually includes governing, not just identity and cultural work. Uh, Actually go back and actually start to address some of the insurance issues, start to address some of the cost uh, issues, and particularly cost of housing. These are very familiar. I'm very humbled by all of this. I understand the systemic trouble. I'm the first to acknowledge. I'm my own worst critic. I'd be working on some of those, basically. I'd expand Medicaid. Have the backs of, of folks out there that need preventative care. I'd be focusing on the acuity of the environment, Mother Nature. She bats last, bats a 1,000. I know that from being in Little Rock and wind down in Arkansas and Rolling Rock. I mean, this is a serious moment in American history, world history. I hope he would start to focus on some of those issues. That would be my advice. Come back as a more seasoned and capable leader with a little humility, which, by the way, he can use a little of.
0: Wow, Gavin Newsom is telling Ron DeSantis he could use a little humility. That is, man, this guy's got some balls. You know, I mean, that what they what these uh, people say about these Democrats really is true. The thing that uh, that they're doing, they're accusing you of doing. You know, Ron DeSantis is not fighting the culture war because he wants to <laughs> he he's fighting the culture war because it's encroaching on people's lives and you know they view it they meaning the democrats view it as an attack on vulnerable communities i mean it's it's like it's literally like people watching some event, two people watching some event and seeing completely different things. I mean, I I think, I think the democratic party and these radical woke social justice warrior type people are so uh, wrapped up in their uh, euphemisms and their um, cliches and and the things that they just repeat over and over and over again, that it's literally uh, not allowing them to see reality. And Gavin Newsom is certainly in this camp. I mean, I I don't know if Trump's going to roll Ron DeSantis or not. Probably will. I mean, he's been able to roll everybody else that that comes up against him. But what Ron DeSantis is trying to do is out-Trump Trump you know the reason he's pushing back on some of these things is because the electorate is dying to have a leader that'll just give an f u to this whole crazy establishment crowd that's why trump got elected trump is the only one going you guys are stupid you negotiate stupid deals you send all our jobs to china You let them manipulate the currency on you. And I'm not saying all this is true. I'm just saying it's what Trump said. And people, you know, he basically found a good boogeyman for the Republican um, electorate. And they went for it. That's That's all DeSantis is trying to do. He's trying to identify the right boogeyman. And that's why he's pushing back on this culture war. Because... 99% or let's call it, 9 let's just say 97, maybe not 99, but 97% of the population does not want drag, uh, drag queen story hour. They don't want to go to their local pub and see some dude dressed as a woman unattractive, by the way. I'm none of these people are, I mean, maybe they're attractive men. I don't know, but they are definitely not attractive women. And nobody wants to see that. And these people that are exposing their kids to that, as far as I'm concerned, CPS should take their kids away from them. I just, I don't know why you would need to promote this to your kids. It's, it's grooming. I, I think what Lara Logan says is true. That's, that's just grooming. You, you are a parent grooming your child sexually. And probably CPS should take your kids away from you. But look, if you want to do that, that's fine. Just go do it. You know, don't don't post it all over social media, don't. I mean, if you if you want if you want to post it on social media, that's fine, but I'm going to criticize it. I'm going to talk about how demented and scary and ridiculous it is that grown men are dressing up like women and then doing the back that ass up thing in front of kids. That's crazy. All right. Getting a little judgy here at the end. I think I'm going to wrap up, but go listen to this whole interview. It, it, it is astounding really to listen to it. I mean, this guy has got some balls on him, man. He's just, the way he talks about the American people, I don't think anybody's going to vote for him. I really don't. I think people can see right through this bullshit that he's trying to put out there. And, um, if not, you got a little helper in this episode from who gets to decide. So if you hear somebody thinking they like Gavin Newsom, send them this episode and this interview and, uh, maybe you can get them to change their mind. All right. Thanks for coming in, everybody. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow night. Um, come back and listen. If you do, I'll be here to do it all over again on who gets to decide.